Hello and welcome to the Lessons from the Core podcast with your host, Lisa Kara. This is episode 29 and I'm really looking forward to having my guest on today, Jeff Moat. Welcome, Jeff. Hi, it's good to be here. Thanks so much for being here. I want to start off with a quote that you shared with me. Uh, and it really moved me and just really brings us to the whole reason why we wanted to have this discussion today. So loss and mortality are inherent aspects of the human experience, but our current obsession with finding cures and our fear of dying create obstacles to providing comprehensive and person-centered care to those facing life-threatening illness. It is essential to normalize discussions around living with illness, the dying process, death, and bereavement. So thank you for that. You know, it really brings us to a topic that, as you said, you know, sometimes we approach this topic thinking it will be all doom and gloom, but really there are so many resources and help out there and the establishment that you're involved with, Pallium Canada. Now that's located, or you have your website, Pallium Canada.ca. And what I'm looking forward to today is that you can really, you know, walk everyone through just some of the services that you have uh, for clients, all types of clients, anyone that's going through grief and the death and dying process, whether it's with a family member, friend, colleague, uh, it's something, as you said, that we're all going to face and having, uh, just knowing great resources where we can turn to is something that's, it's so nice to have readily available. Right. Fantastic. Yes, indeed. So Jeff joined Pallium Canada as the Chief Executive Officer in 2017, where he brings 30 years of experience in creating organizational excellence, compelling social change programs, and increasing consumer engagement within the not-for-profit private sector and NGO industries. And previous to this, uh, you joined the Mental Health Commission of Canada, where you established the Partners for Mental Health. So what an important initiative, you know, something to get again just get that dialogue going amongst colleagues friends family members so tell us a bit about some of the services and resources that people can get find at pallium sure so um, by way of background uh, pallium canada is uh, an ottawa-based uh, social enterprise uh, that was established back in 2000 uh, but we do have a nationwide presence. Our primary focus is on enhancing uh, the quality and the accessibility of palliative care by building the capacity of not just our healthcare professionals, but the communities in which we all live. So we strive to um, disseminate the principles of palliative care, the, what we call the palliative care approach. Uh, we promote uh, workforce preparedness and readiness. Uh, we also uh, facilitate quality improvement, um, but we also engage the community, all of whom are vital partners in, in, in our palliative care initiative. So our, our main approach, uh, Lisa, is about transforming healthcare practice uh, in all settings of care, um, in all specialty areas, primarily through our courseware, which uh, is called LEAP, L-E-A-P, which is an acronym for Learning Essential Approaches to Palliative Care. So we not, we not only ensure that healthcare professionals acquire the necessary skills and knowledge to deliver 
um, you know, improved palliative care, but also ensure that, you know, the knowledge that they acquire is ultimately put into action, right? And, and by doing so, they, they ultimately reshape the entire continuum of care. So we're very much a, a research-driven uh, organization as well. Pallium.ca is our website. And as you, as you said, there are many different resources that exist out there, not just for our healthcare providers, uh, but for people like you and me, because let's face it, palliative care is one of those areas that is not well understood. Um, it's not well understood by the average individual. It's not understood even well by many healthcare professionals. We talk about palliative care. If I was to go out and ask uh, someone what their definition of palliative care is, Lisa, most of them would say, well, it's care that's delivered the very end of life, right? The, the last days or weeks of life. And that is not the World Health Organization's definition of palliative care. It's not Health Canada's definition of palliative care. Um, palliative care is care that is administered early in the disease trajectory. Um, it's care that can be administered alongside active treatments to, to control the disease, right? So if you think mm -hmm. about that, you know, palliative care could be delivered, should be delivered by not not just palliative care specialist teams, right? But could be delivered by your family doctor, your nurse practitioner, your nephrologist, oncologist, cardiologist, your personal support worker, your PT, OT, your Pilates instructor. Everyone right. has a role to play because yes. we all touch uh, we all touch the patient and their family members, right? So, uh, so as we get into our conversation, I'm hoping to to really shine a spotlight on some of the the practical and pragmatic tools uh, that we all could benefit from. I'm assuming as, as non-healthcare professionals, we can talk about the healthcare professional ones too, but I think for your listening audience, they would be most interested in many of the community-based resources, free resources that we have uh, for their use. Yes. And yes, that's how we were originally connected was through Pilates. So you had been mm -hmm. a Pilates client back in the day and we stayed connected uh on linkedin so for you know for anyone we were mentioning beforehand for anyone that's thinking about which social media platforms to get on just get on there and be you know have your presence out there stay connected uh for myself with switching and closing my brick and mortar doors bringing things online like it's so important to yeah maintain those relationships and connections. So I was really thrilled that you said yes, and we're able to take your time today to just share more about what you're doing now. And as we said, like the resources that are out there for everyone that needs access. Um, and as you said, yes, starting at the beginning so that it's not always thinking that, well, if I go to the palliative care, it's something that I, you know, that's kind of um, as you're facing different diagnoses and conditions yes. and illnesses, right? Sometimes I'm sure maybe people are feeling mm -hmm. that stigma towards, well, if I seek out this help, yes. I'm facing that. Whereas yes. as you're saying, no, this can really help soften and just give support throughout the whole journey. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It, it, that's exactly right, Lisa. And I think you you put your finger on a very important point there, and that is stigma, right? We fear what we don't understand, right? That's that's you know, that's what stigma is. And because we don't have a good understanding about palliative care, um, many of us, including healthcare professionals, see palliative care as, as giving up. There's nothing else we can do that that patient is is palliative. And that's that's not a good statement. That is not right. what we want to see, you know, because palliative care looks after not just the physical needs of patients, but the 
emotional needs, right? The spiritual needs, the existential needs, um, the comfort needs. You know, think of palliative care as holistic, whole care that looks after all aspects of a patient's needs. And that that should be done, as I said earlier, as soon as a life-threatening illness has been diagnosed. So it's not right. about giving up. It's not about, you know, stopping any active treatments to control the disease, but can our specialists and can our family docs start to have conversations on goals of care discussions, right? Um, advanced mm -hmm. care planning, right? These, these, you know, are important things that should be discussed early on and not at a stage where the patient is either incapacitated or, you know, is unfortunately not getting, you know, good early compassionate care sooner right. because, because they haven't communicated their, their needs and, and their desires. So um, I, I think, Palliative care, you know, is is care that, frankly, other parts of healthcare could benefit from because it is rooted in compassion, right? It's rooted in patient-centered care. Ultimately, it's all in service to the patient and their families. And um, the the more that we can all be practicing those skills, and and the nice thing is, is Lisa, these skills are teachable, right? We can all learn. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be healthcare professionals to be able to practice good palliative care, right? How do we get into right essential tough conversations around this topic, right? Because we're a, a death denying, you know, society, we don't like to talk about it, right? But the reality mm -hmm. is, it's going to touch all of us. So in the more prepared we are uh, to face, you know, um, this part of our life, and to equip patients and their families with the skills, tools and resources, so they can live the best life, you know, until the very end, uh, that to me is a very admirable, noble, and a very important healthcare goal. Yes, so important. And, you know, even the tools for, you know, if someone's just faced a new diagnosis, you know, those days where you're spiraling and maybe you're, you know, your mind's racing or, you know, you've left some messages at the doctor's office, no one's getting back to you. Just even having those tools to use a breathing exercise or right. go to the mat and do a movement to just yes. calm those quick fears, right? Um, mm. Yeah, having those tools at any stage. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it, I, I think it's it's absolutely critical because, you know, unfortunately, I think we see some healthcare providers that that see administering palliative care is is giving up that they're failing their patients right and and that that is not a failure of medicine failing to give good palliative care earlier and more effectively is a failure of medicine right so it we need to we need to have a mind shift uh, on on what we we mean by palliative care and the fact that you know you should be able to go into your local pharmacy and your pharmacist should be able to have some of those fundamental skills uh, to, to help patients and their families deal with, uh, with their, their, their condition. Um, we've seen uh, programs roll out, um, across the country, Lisa, where we train paramedics in palliative care. So what happens is that, uh, when a call is received and a paramedic team will go out and visit uh, a patient in their home, um, with the proper training, they're actually able to, in most cases, provide palliative care right in the comfort of that person's home, alleviating the need to transport them to hospital. So the patient's delighted because they don't have to go to the hospital. They don't want to be going to the hospital. They'd rather receive the care at home. Mm -hmm. Paramedics are pleased because they're not acting like a glorified patient transfer service and 
you know, transporting the patient to a hospital and waiting to discharge that patient. And the health system's pleased because it saves them a whole bunch of money because tying up a bed in an emergency room is very expensive. So win, win, win. And this is all rooted in, again, you know, training people on these skills. But that also means training folks like you and me who are not necessarily healthcare professionals, but may find mm -hmm. ourselves in a situation where we do need to provide support and care uh, to a friend, to a family member, to a loved one. Mm -hmm. So how could someone like you or I um, take mm -hmm. the next step? Is there a course or? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yep. Uh, there sure is. So, you know, the, my prelude to this is that, and we've touched on this a little bit, that loss and mortality, right, are, are intrinsic aspects of the human experience, aren't they? Mm -hmm. you know, but we have a current fixation on finding the cure, right? And and our fear of death, as I said, does pose challenges, right, to the provision mm -hmm. of, of what we would call comprehensive and, and person-centered palliative care. And so these types of obstacles often lead to inefficient, you know, utilization of resources. So it's, it's, it's crucial that we normalize discussions around living with, with life-limiting illness, the process of dying, right? Death itself and, and the grieving that follows. So when it, when it comes to palliative care, as I said, right off the top, the healthcare system is only part of the equation, right? In fact, mm -hmm. it is communities, right? Individuals within these communities that respond to local needs and empower individuals to provide those important physical and emotional and social and spiritual and practical supports to patients, families, and, and, and their caregivers. Um, and one of the programs I would like to to bring to the attention of your listeners is a free course called Leap Cares. Remember, L-E-A-P is our Leap Courses, Learning Essential Approach to Palliative Care. But this one is designed for people like you and I who aren't healthcare professionals, but may find themselves in a situation where they need to provide caregiving. So it's a free online interactive um, self-learning course that provides carers with information and resources to help them provide care to their family or friends living with a serious illness. So Leap Carers is, is ideal for anyone who provides care to a person with a serious illness. Um, and topics include, you know, how do you navigate the healthcare system, right? Um, discussions around advanced care planning, right? How to provide personal care and hygiene with, with dignity. Um, end of life and medication management, caregiver communication. Communication is so key in this, isn't it? Yeah. As well as how do how do you advocate for that patient, right? Um, so you know, let's face it, Lisa, that most of us, um, you know, for caregiving is really a role that that we're thrust into, right? With with little to no preparation or training. So Leap Cares is ideal for anyone who provides care to a person with a serious illness or, or for anyone who's, who wants to support maybe a caregiver, right? So um, if you visit pallium.ca and you type in leap, L-E-A-P, leap carers in the search function, you'll get right to that course and you can okay. sign up and you can begin taking that right away. Well, we will link that in the mm. show notes as well. How, that sounds like really, really valuable information mm. for caring for friends and family and loved ones. And yeah, sometimes it's just, you know, we all have different levels of empathy, but 
seeing something in black and white and being able to go through a course, it just gives you that feeling of, okay, I've taken this step. Even if you're a family member that, you know, we all feel lost when someone faces a diagnosis to at least have something like this, where you can feel like, okay, I've done something that I, you just feel like you've, um, you're able to help manage the family member a little bit better, manage that care. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It, 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 you know, and let's face it, you know, none of us have been trained on this, right? None of us have been given those skills, have been taught this. So it's mm -hmm. important to have practical, pragmatic resources that frankly are self-learning and online because you need to do it, you know, in between caring. You need to do it uh, at, a, at a convenient time from the convenience of your, you know, of your phone, right? Um, so that's that's an important resource. Another one of the resources um, that we've developed is called the Compassionate Workplace Campaign. And this is a, a workplace initiative that provides employers and managers and even individual employees with practical tools, resources, and activities to help increase awareness and reduce the stigma related to caregiving and grief in the workplace. Because let's face it, where do we okay. spend most hours, right? We right, spend most right. hours on the job. And I think most people would be amazed at how many Canadians hold down, whether it's a full or part-time role, and then they go home and they, you know, they're put into a caregiving role, right? And I'm not talking mm -hmm. necessarily about children. Well, that in and of itself, of course, is a lot of work, but I'm thinking caregiving more for, um, for someone who is ill, right? Uh, maybe it's an aging parent or spouse or, or, or friend or family member. Um, 35% of the Canadian workforce are juggling work and caregiving responsibilities. And we lose about 560,000 full-time employees due to the demands of caregiving and paid work. So what can we be doing in our places of work to shine a spotlight on the fact that there are caregivers among us, mm -hmm. you know, and many of them suffer in silence, right? They, they, they have tremendous heavy loads, right? At work and on the personal front. So can we as employers better support them? Can we as employees be more attentive um, to those experiences? How do we walk a mile in that individual's shoes and create more compassionate workplaces? So, so we've developed an initiative uh, called the Compassionate Workplace Campaign that, that really First off, builds awareness and understanding, right, um, of serious illness and caregiving and and experiences of grief. Um, it's a program that helps de helps decrease the stigma, as we were talking about earlier. Um, it raises awareness of some of the supports that exist out there and some of the resources. It also, I would say, even most importantly, it prompts and enables supportive conversations. There's actually activities you can participate in your team that puts yourself you know, in a situation, right? Whether you're the employer or the individual who's who's caregiving for someone uh, and what that experience is like and what we can do as fellow colleagues to better support them. And, and then ultimately tools to, to create a more compassionate, you know, workplace culture. So so that's another campaign that, again, if you go to pallium.ca and, and, um, and search on compassionate workplace campaign, uh, you'll find tools and resources there as well. So yeah, I thought that was an important resource as well to bring to your, uh, your listeners attention. 100% that's um, cause yeah, you, as you said, you know, there's so many people that are suffering in silence and you don't, you might not know what your colleague 
in the cubicle next door is yes. having to deal with and to, yeah, just be able to stop and have some more compassion and, and have other, you know, ways to lead them to these resources as well. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah. We all, it's, and it goes back to the message, right? Lisa, everyone has a role to play here, whether you're a healthcare professional, you know, um, an individual, an employer, uh, this is something that we all own. It's everyone's business. Yes, yes. And to just have a more compassionate heart and, you know, place that on every day before you kind of go out anywhere and just remember that, yes, everyone is going through something at some stage of a grieving process or helping someone else through it. Yeah, exactly. And the, you know, the self-care aspect of the campaign, and in fact, in all our resources for that matter, is is critically important, right? And this is where mm -hmm. the connection to you know, Pilates and other forms of uh, of exercise are absolutely critical, right? To to help relieve pressure, right? And mm -hmm. to um, to get us back into a you know a, a place of of stasis and normalcy, so that we can you know continue to you know carry that heavy burden. So it's it's absolutely critical. The self care piece uh, oftentimes is it's not spoken about enough, but is absolutely critical to continue in that capacity of caregiving or as a healthcare professional or just individuals, as I said, like you and I, that, that find ourselves needing to provide that type of caregiving to people. Yes, yes. The movement and meditation is such a key part to um, just moving that through our body, right? And not holding on to things and holding on to emotions. And it's not all about just choosing to be happy all the time. You know, we do, we're supposed to have a variety of emotions and yes, find ways to deal with them and move through them and finding supportive services like what uh, what you're offering is is so mm -hmm. beneficial. So yes, as I said, I'm looking forward to linking up um, mm -hmm. all of those resources in the show notes. If we go to the website, can we also get on your email list and things like that? Absolutely. You sure okay. can. You okay. Can sign Fantastic. up for information and Please okay, do. lovely, lovely. And then I always love asking my guests, um, with this being all about lessons from the core and life lessons, <laughs> can you think back on a time, whether it's personal or professional, about a red flag moment that caused you to learn a life lesson? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, red flag. I mean, certainly, um, I can think of, you know, really what was a, a trigger for me, um, and the way I'll set this up is, you know, the profound loss, you know, of a parent has really has the power to shape your existence, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. it? It can ignite a fire within you, right? To to compel you to to undertake a transformative journey. And that certainly was the case, you know. And it was, it was, you know, just that type of a life-altering moment that I found myself reevaluating my purpose, you know, and, and frankly, redefining the trajectory of my career. You know, I, I had up to that point, I had accumulated a wealth of, of experience and skills um, in the private sector, specifically in financial services. I worked for two U.S. banks here in Canada up to that point. And I think what had happened, Lisa, is that I realized that I possessed, you know, the capacity to utilize the talents and skills that I gained up to that point in my life to to make a genuine difference in the lives of others, and it was the the, the memory of my of my mom um, that guided me towards a path that 
that would honor her memory by dedicating myself to the service of others. And I recognized that the skills that I'd acquired, you know, problem solving skills, strategic thinking, marketing, communications, could be harnessed to address, you know, the pressing challenges faced by, by communities. So driven by this, this unwavering um, sense of, of purpose, about 18 years ago, I transitioned into a career where um, compassion and impact uh, converged, I guess you could say. And mm -hmm. I embarked on this new journey. I committed myself to a, a vocation centered on, on making a tangible difference in the lives of individuals and communities. So in this, this new chapter of my life, I found profound fulfillment in knowing that my efforts are positively influencing the lives of others. So again, applying the skills that I had gathered up to that point, um, I started to actively contribute to initiatives that enhanced, in this case, access to palliative care for more Canadians and and, and create, you know, um, just better experiences for healthcare professionals and ultimately the uh, the patients that they serve. So, so I'd say that was probably the the big life changing, you know, red flag or or trigger in my life that uh, that really saw me on this this transformational journey. Mm hmm. Oh, that's so special. And, you know, I can relate in thinking about just with this podcast lessons from the core, my mom had passed away in 2018, suddenly. Mm -hmm. And I started this podcast on her birth date on December 12th. So my intention was start it then and you sure. know, have a symbolic start date. So which yeah. just goes to show, yes, how impactful um, grief is and how sometimes, you know, finding creative ways to, uh, to you know, leave a legacy towards someone or just, um, you know, go towards those impactful ways for our creativity, creativity. That's right. Uh, yeah, creativity and impact. It can really fuel that um uh, what's the word therapy, like that internal yep. therapy. Yeah. That's right. Very yeah. Much so. yeah. Yeah. And then my next question is, uh, tell me about uh, what's your favorite Pilates exercise? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> any exercise that Lisa Kara teaches is my favorite. <laughs> um, all right. So, Oh, about a month and a half ago, my oldest daughter challenged me to, to run with her in the half marathon that's coming up in August and I'm mm -hmm. still not where I need to be, but that's the challenge. And we both set out to, to begin training. So I'm now running um, for the first time in about 20 years and my body is feeling it. So, um, so the Pilates exercises, so there's, there's a few of them, right. Um, that, that serve me well, uh, the side kicks, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shoulder bridges with kicks, you know, the uh, nice like squats, right? These yes, are all yes. Important movements uh, to help, you know, runners, um, or now I yeah. feel like a runner, I feel like I'm starting from square one, uh, certainly to, to strengthen, you know, the core, the pelvis, the, you know, deep core muscles. Uh, yes. Those are the ones that, uh, from a Pilates perspective, uh, that are serving me well so far, but I'm going to, I'm going to need more help. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, I'll make sure to send you some resources for sure. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> and then my third question is, do you have any plans to write a book? Oh boy. Uh, no, no current plans, but, but here's what I'll tell you. Uh, if I was to set out to write a book, mm -hmm. um, I would love to focus it on 
on social entrepreneurship. And just by way of definition, we talk about a social enterprise, and that's how I set out to describe Pelling in Canada um, from your very first question. It's a, it's a revenue generating business uh, with primarily social objectives whose surpluses, shall we say, financial surpluses are reinvested back into the, the organization, right? Uh, to continue allowing it to, to meet its mission, right? Uh, rather than being, you know, reinvested to, to pay out to shareholders or owners. So you're a mission-driven organization first, uh, but you're a financially sustainable organization. So what I like about this is um, this book would, you know, underscore that, you know, when we use the word nonprofit to describe an organization, I, I really don't like the term. Um, I, I don't like nonprofit. Nonprofit is a tax status as far as I'm concerned, right? Mm-hmm. Social entrepreneurship is about, you know, it provides a, a means to further, you know, the mission, you know, in a sustainable way, right? It, it addresses social issues. It creates positive community change, right? That's that entrepreneurial part of the term. Um, this, this mentality of nonprofit tends to, you know, underscore uh, this notion of paucity and scarcity, right? Where mm-hmm. you know, social entrepreneurship, it underscores resiliency and grit, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, so I, I would really, and I would hold up Pallium Canada as a, as a great example of that. So if I was to put pen to paper one of these days, I think, a fulsome read on social entrepreneurship would be certainly my goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. That whole giving back and just having mm-hmm. that impact legacy full circle for sure. Oh, I yeah. love that. Mm. Well, I want to thank you so much, Jeff, for taking your time to mm-hmm. be on today, be on the show and just telling us, you know, all, all everything we need to know about how to find resources. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, we're all going to face this with family members, friends, colleagues. So it's something to, you know, know where to turn to and take that course and just have that way to, to feel like you're able to give back to your neighbors or whoever it may be that that needs that sense of community and support. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Well, thank you. Uh, and uh, thanks for for using this platform to help raise awareness of the need for us to pay more attention to palliative care uh, and to help people understand that we all have a role to play and that there are resources out there to uh, help you with that journey. So thank you, Lisa, for your uh your dedication to uh, shining a spotlight on this uh, on this important topic. Much appreciated. Of course, you're very welcome. And again, thanks to everyone for tuning in to the episode 29 of the Lessons from the Core podcast. You can follow wherever you listen to your podcast and give the show a review. I would absolutely love that. So thanks again for being here and we'll speak next week. Thanks again, Jeff. Oh, listen, thank you. Really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you so much. And uh, and I mean what I said there just a few moments ago, which is, uh, you know, this is not, you know, the most fun topic for people to engage in, and but but it's an oh-so-necessary one. So, um, mm-hmm. so I, I hope it resonates with your listeners. And uh, I just, I really enjoyed it. And thanks for your leadership and making these types of podcasts available. This is grassroots. It's real. It's needed. And uh, 
don't ever doubt for a moment that these things aren't valuable. Uh, they are. So thank you for your continuing uh, dedication to, to these types of broadcasts. Very, very important. Thank you for your feedback. Thank yeah. you. Yes. And I mean that, you know, closing a brick and mortar and bringing things online, you know, it, exactly. it's one thing to have grief with people, but it's also a thing that you go through when you change business, sure lose a business, you, you know, and with facing, you know, different health things. Yes. Um, yeah. So there's a lot yeah. to a lot of feelings that you go through, but yeah, to be able to maintain things online and yes. learn about all the wonderful techie tools to, to keep delivering yeah. things online. It's been lots of fun. So my well, pleasure. I'm, I'm, that's the right attitude to have because change is inevitable. It's part yeah. of life and we have to embrace it. Uh, nothing is forever. So, you know, the time for your studio had a role to play. It had a time yeah. and a place, but everything has a beginning and everything has an end. So you have just built on that experience and uh, you're growing and, and doing even more now. So that's a great thing and continued success in your work. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll come back to this anytime I need that reminder. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's important. You know what? We all need we all need some propping up and some positive reinforcement. So, uh, you know, and oftentimes, you know, as I say to people, you have that the angel here and the devil here. And oftentimes the devil can whisper into your ear and it can be a loud voice. But you know what? We need to remember that uh, it's it's this this one over here that you need to listen to and remind yourself that. I am making a difference. I am contributing to positive change. And uh, that takes on different forms and that's never static. So, so good on you. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank all you. Right. Yeah. All those reminders to like, keep going and keep showing up and yeah. You got it. You got yeah. it. Thanks again for being here at the episode 29 with Jeff Mode for this episode of the Lessons from the Core podcast. It was such a pleasure to have him on as a guest. And I invite you to check out the Leap program and the online course. Again, if you're involved in any caregiving duties with any loved ones in your life, it will be a really great course just to give you some foundations on palliative care and that support that you can offer to your friend and family member right off the bat. So again, if you could give us a follow and a review wherever you listen to your podcast, that would be amazing. If you need any help with any meditation downloads or daily movements, we have our Pilates app, the Inbalance Pilates app, where you can catch all the replays of live classes, or you can join into some of our live classes online on Zoom. So thanks again for being here, and we will look forward to getting together again next week.